Equity is the idea that a community to be fully human must contain everyone on an equal plane. There can be no inequality at the finish line. The objective of liberalism is to have everyone end up in the same place. The proposition of this essay is that the idea is not just flawed, it is either the product of an insane person or evil, you choose which it is. It is possible to believe the objectives of equity are both insane and evil. Equity was established when it was realized that being fair, as was the case with the concept of equality, was not enough. There were still unequal outcomes. The people who studied, saved their money and worked hard, were having better outcomes than those who took other routes. The classic example of equality was providing people of different heights a box of the same size to stand on. This of course makes no sense. What was needed, said the equity engineers, was boxes of different sizes so that everyone became the same height. But because one response was wrong does not make another response less wrong. The obvious problem with equity engineering is that basketball players and jockeys ought not be the same height. The things that make a man into a good soldier are not the qualities that make for a good nurse or teacher. Complaining about how difficult it is for a woman to be a soldier is as rational as complaining about how seven-foot-tall men never get to race thoroughbreds at the Queen's Plate. Different jobs require different talents. It is insane to expect jobs with conflicting requirements to be equally open to all persons. We are designed to do different things. Not everyone can be a professional boxer or president. Why would a community want women to be soldiers, or those who are physically active to work in an office? The key to civilization is specialization. The key to personal development is to focus on what you can succeed at. Why try and be a runner if you are a swimmer? Why be part of a community that focuses on putting round pegs in square holes? We are a body with many parts. No part is more important than any other, but no part is suited to be some other part. No job is so marginal that anyone is able to do it. Humans are not modular, nor ought we aspire to be modular. We are not interchangeable units. No child thinks his or her mother is a role anyone can do. There is an economic cost to training. We do not find a more expensive way to make toothpaste. Why do we look for the most expensive possible to way to make us into useful citizens? Why do we add costs onto training by adding elements other than a people's facility to be what the job requires? It might be true that anyone can become the President of the United States, in theory. But does it make sense to treat this as if it were actually possible let alone desirable? Do we think the job is such that anyone could do it? The reality is almost 100% of those who think this are deluding themselves. Only a minuscule few will ever assume the highest office in the land. Those who will become managers, politicians and highly paid professionals are still few in number, though there is a greater possibility of this happening than there is of a person becoming the president. It is easy to train people with a propensity to learn what one is training them for. One can train the average woman to be a nurse or mother. It is more difficult to train the average man for that role and perhaps impossible. 
Some men will take to farming more than others and some naturally gravitate to music or philosophy. Even if the idea is to get everyone to the same place, or generate the same outcome, it is easier and less costly to train a house painter to be a good house painter and a baker to be a good baker than it will be to have them reverse their roles. Then the question needs to be asked, what is behind the idea of teaching men to be women and vice versa? Weak men do not do well in jobs that require a lot of upper body strength, so why is it important that women enter these professions? The error is to assume all persons are the same or ought to be the same, and do not have a mission or purpose in life for which they are best fitted. It is one thing to help people find their niche, it is another to train everyone as if they have an equal chance of being the President of the United States, or even a professional basketball player. But what is worse, even if you get little Johnny to learn music and he becomes as accomplished as Susie, you may be doing Johnny a disservice if he wants to ride Broncos in a rodeo. However, is not just to pander to the child's fantasy. In doing so parents ought to focus on their own aspirations transferred to the child. The first consideration is the need to earn a living. The second is to fine-tune how this is done. But the end vision is always something that builds up the person through advancing the interests of the community. There is no accounting for costs or preferences when focused on equity. There is no consideration of personal abilities or community needs when seeking inequality of outcomes. Even if it is important to consider individual abilities and interests, these have to be considered in relationship to what the community needs at that time and place. How many professors of black history does a country need? The goal of equity engineering is to ensure we end up at the same place. Yet, it is assumed we are born different. If you think differences make us unequal, you have your own preferences and hierarchy of values. Equity engineers value some jobs more than others. Some people can sing, and others cannot. Some people have a knack for making money and others for making cakes. Perhaps you think one or more jobs have a higher value than other jobs. You may think it is vital that minorities be given a chance to play hockey. If some applicants cannot skate, then you may be prepared to eliminate the use of skates and hockey. To even up the challenge, sponges will be used in place of pucks and checking be replaced with a polite tap on the shoulder. With a few changes in the game, everyone can play hockey and have an equal chance of scoring a goal. But it is too easy to highlight the inefficiency and basic idiocy of trying to make everything available to all persons. If everyone can play hockey it is no longer something the highly skilled can excel at. If everyone can play the game, mediocrity is the best anyone can hope to achieve. To excel is to exclude the average player. Diversity is not compatible with excellence. The best of the best will always be an elite group, and since the least able will never achieve the level of the most able, the only real solution is to change things around until the most able can only attain to a level attainable by the least able. But the most highly skilled hockey player is only a mediocre tennis player and probably a poor mathematician. No one who is good at one thing can be anything but poor in just about everything else. 
What possible reason would we require the mathematician to learn how to play hockey and the hockey player to prefect his tennis game? But without this, what does equity mean? But all of this, as insane as it is, is predicated on a premise that is morally reprehensible. There is the idea itself that we all ought to end up at the finish line at the same time. But there is no finish line other than the one is our imagination. This modularization of human beings is offensive to God and nature. But this still does not get to the heart of the matter. The claim is that we all ought to end up at the same place at the same time, and this might be true, let's say it is. But who has the authority to make you my equal when you did not do the work? Who says that because you and I were both born, you and I must both die the same way, the same time in the same condition? So far as I am concerned, you want what I have you do precisely what I did, the same way I did it for as long and as well as I did it, or make do with what you have because you will get no help from me. Why am I to be made the victim of your bad luck? It is your bad luck, so own it. Because some people had the bad luck to be poor, or lazy, or both does not put a burden or obligation on me. Perhaps they are the victims of systemic discrimination and white supremacy. That does not mean I am obligated to alleviate what my ancestors done if they did what they are accused of. To be honest, I do not care. What they did is on their head, not mine. My father could have been a slave owner and my grandfather the owner of a dozen residential schools. That is not my business, and you will not get a cent from me because of it. Look and see if you have a skeleton in your closet. The sins of my fathers are no greater than the sins of your ancestors, even if they were, that is your problem not mine. The least you could do is to take responsibility for your own failure. I have enough trouble already. Even if I am privileged and you are not, that does not mean you get to share in my fortune. Must I apologize for my success or the fact my ancestors built more and worked more than yours? If they enslaved your ancestors is that because they were evil or because they had guns and your ancestors had spears? Slavery was never a racial thing. Slavery is based on power disparities. It is the way things are and were. We can work for change but bring it about fairly. I am not responsible for the cost of your betterment. Betterment is what you want. It benefits you so you pay for it. Equity is just another word for inequality but based on speculation as to a future outcome. Why ought my greater wealth be a concern for you when you have better teeth than me? You give me better teeth and I will see what I can do about your income. But equality and equity are both manufactured issues. No one ever demands the right to work as hard or be as committed as the other person. The point is that once you strip away the rhetoric the issue is if anyone owes anyone anything. And on top of this, do we own anything? Who gets to judge who or what is owed, to whom? Who or what defines ownership? There are only two options here. Either no one truly owns anything and there is a human who tells us what we have that rightfully belongs to another or we listen to the counsel of God. In God's eyes we are all equal. God does not demand equity. In his mind we are already equal. Heaven and hell are distinct options. 
there is no effort made by God to make them seem equal options. A person is saved or not. God created reality. He owns it. None of the physical world can be claimed by anyone other than God. You can kill or threaten to kill anyone who challenges your claim to some part of the earth, but threats of force can be countered by threats of greater force. However, we can add value to the things of God. This is possible and this added value can be verified as ours. No one can dispute this claim without bringing into doubt all claims of ownership. If we do not own what we create, nothing can be owned, and anarchy is the result. If you created something of value and you own this value, there is no reasonable basis on which anyone can dispute your claim. The human creator owns what he or she created even as God owns what he created. The expropriation of what you created to benefit someone else who fails to create value is substantially the same kind of act as stealing from God. The act of creating value is always done in the name of God because it is a work of faith. The value you create is attached to the substance that God created. The unholy cannot claim what you created without also claiming what God created. That is the real problem with the equity movement. It is an offense against God. Start out by conflicting with the truth of God and other problems will flow from this. If you created value, you own the value created. No one else has a claim on it and you are not obligated to distribute this value to others. If a person has a problem, they must look in the mirror to find the cause and the solution. In other words, it is technically impossible to end up in the same place. Equity is the one thing we cannot create. We all have different ambitions and abilities. We get to where we are going on our own initiative, or we exploit others. We are not the children of those who worked more than us. We are not their dependents. No one owes us a living. Demanding others carry us and pay our costs is not equity, it is privilege. No one ought to reward parasites. That being said, the success of one person ought never to preclude the success of someone else. We cannot use our success to block the aspirations of others. Merit is not about giving people what they need, it is about not taking from anyone what you have no right to. If no one is a parasite and no one lives off of the efforts of others, the result is a system in which each person is rewarded according to merit. No one is of such innate worth that they deserve what others earned. And without this idea that those who do not work have an equal right to what others earned, the principle of equity is a mandated injustice.